So, <clears throat> again, um, again from the Bible it says, uh, Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them, and you shall have them. So what does that mean? It means that uh, we have to first and foremost see exactly what it is that we want, believe that it is already there, and give thanks for it. You don't, you don't go to pray saying, Ati, I want this. You go to pray giving thanks. Thank you for the customers. Thank you for a wonderful company. Thank you for wonderful employees. It's very important that we have that. If you I see, can say that, uh, just to whatever. Yeah. Um, I remember the, the, this girl who used to do this, and yeah, even Grace actually used to do that. I yeah. should have a list of the things that she wants, that, that word, whatever. Yeah. So maybe like 10 items. And some of the items we don't like, you know. You, you, what are you talking about? And every time there are things she'll say, I'm thanking God for this. So every time she'll come in the morning and say, thank you God for this, thank you. She'll make a prayer of all the items, internalizing them. And over time, even when your mom used to do that, over time she'll start taking all the items and you'll find everything has been accomplished. Yeah. It is. Wow. It is. You see, gratitude is the antidote to fear. When you're really grateful, you get more things to be grateful for. And the most powerful prayer is the prayer of giving thanks. Because, you see, even Christ said, by your belief, you're healed. Because you believed, you get healed. So, and this is what we are re reading from Mark. Mm. Whatever things you desire, whatsoever things you desire, you have to pray mm. that you've received them. Yes. You have to believe. You have a list of she put a car. Yeah. We didn't have a car. She put a house. We didn't have a house. And she kept on taking. Yeah. We ended up having you know, two cars and buying our own house. You know, things, by the time she's writing, you're thinking, right now we don't have money and you're talking about a house. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, you, you see, you see the, the very important thing there, the distinction that is important, the thing that stops us from doing things like that is because we are looking for how to do it. Yeah. Now, it's very important for us to understand the how is none of your business. Mm -hmm. yeah. The how is never your business. The, your business is what and the reason why. Mm -hmm. Okay, What do I want and why do I want it? How is none of your business. You leave that business to God because God's ways you'll never be able to find out. You can never be able to tell. Okay? So people don't set goals because they want to know how will I do it. Okay? Forget about the how. And James Allen says, we think in secret and it comes to pass. Environment is but our looking glass. So everything we are seeing is a reflection back to us as to what we've been thinking. Okay? So you don't change the mirror. You change what is happening within. Mm -hmm. And when you change what is happening within, then the mirror will reflect back to you what is the new image that there is. Mm -hmm. okay? So it's very important with regards to the creation process. Now, to take it a little bit further, we talked about thoughts. Now, you see, when you, when you look at, uh, when you think about thoughts, when we think, we actually think in pictures. So like I said before, if you think about uh, where you work, you think about your car, you think about your place of work, or every time you're thinking is a picture that is coming on the screen of your, on, on your mind. 
Now, if if mind is so important, if thoughts are so important, the mind is so important. I normally ask people, can you give me an image of the mind? Because if we think in pictures, then you have to have a picture of the mind in order for you to relate to it. Is that true? Because when we think, we think in pictures. Okay? So if I was to ask you, Charity, for example... You didn't get that? I don't get the picture of the mind. So, for example, if you are to think about your car, think about where you go to college, Mm -hmm. think about your grandparents, okay? Mm -hmm. As I'm saying that, there's an image that's coming on the screen of your mind, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So... And if the mind is so important, if, if thinking, the thoughts, is the domain of the mind, if it is so important, do you have a picture? Can you describe the, the mind to me? I mean, yes. Yes. In psychological terms. Yeah. How can um, you describe it? Well, a series of um, neurological connections and electrical signals that create chemical signals and um, activates feelings and um, reactions. I don't know how to correct me that. Yeah, I I get your description. Is that the the mind or is that the brain? That's the brain. But the brain is not the mind. Mm -hmm. Okay, the brain is not the mind. Mm. So if we are going to have a creation process that we are going to use, then it's important that we have at least a pictorial, a pictorial or pictorial uh, diagram that represents the mind. Because really the mind has two components, and I'm going to share this with you. The mind has two components. That's the picture of the mind. So there's a conscious mind, and then there's a subconscious mind. The conscious mind is your rational thinking mind. Okay, it, it's where your imagination, your intuition, your reasoning factor, you can accept something, you can reject something. Okay, that's your conscious mind. It's where the thinking process happens. Okay, it's the intellectual factors that we have. If we look at next to that or linked to that is the unconscious mind. For example, right now, if you really think about as I'm sitting here, there's so many things that I'm doing. And for, for me even to move my, mind, my hand like that, there is so much that is happening. Right now, my heart is beating so many times. I'm not sitting there and then I'm saying, okay, it's time for the heart to beat. You know? So that's the work of the unconscious mind. It runs the body. It does so many things. Now, the unconscious mind, let's say, for example, we have an image. And the image, let's say, for argument's sake, is the image of ACS. So we have an image. That image, so long as it's in the conscious mind, it has no impact at all. But then you have that image, and then you get emotionally involved in it. When I say emotionally, you think about how this company is successful, the people it is actually serving, you know, how wonderful the kind of work that we're doing. You get emotionally involved with that image over and over and over again. What happens is it takes this body to move in a certain state. It feels in a certain way. When it feels in a certain way because of the emotions, you're going to act in a certain way, isn't it? Which is going to give us results. Okay? So, the domain of the unconscious mind, you know, Christ said, the kingdom of heaven is, what did Christ say? The kingdom of heaven is 
is uh, the kingdom of heaven is uh, within us or what? Is within. Within. So yeah. we, we're going to record this so that you can oh, at least, yeah, yeah. That's good. Thank yeah. you so much. Yeah. Thank yeah. You. yeah. Enjoy. Yeah. Okay. So the kingdom of heaven is within. within yeah. He said, even greater things than I have done, you too can do. However, what we are saying is that there is a power of, there is a spirit within ourselves. There is that part of us that you cannot even explain. What do I mean by that? So, so let's take an example of a baby when the baby is conceived. When the baby is conceived, it's a microscopic dot, isn't it? You imagine this microscopic dot in a woman's womb. It knows what needs to happen in order for it to create an eye, for it to create an ear, for it to create a, 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 a baby. The mother does not do anything. Does the mother do anything? The mother does not do anything. And then that baby is born. Is that true? Yeah. Now, we feed the baby. For example, we also have to eat, isn't it? Because if we don't eat, what happens? We die. Now, the kid, when the kid is born, we make sure that we give that kid some food. Because otherwise, the kid would die. Now, the same intelligence that actually got that baby from a microscopic dot is the same intelligence that is actually converting that food into a body. Because otherwise, the, the baby would die. Are we together here? Because it's very important that we understand that within us, what we call spirit that is within us is very intelligent and it is able to do things we cannot even fathom. Are we together? Are we together? And that part, that aspect is the aspect of the unconscious mind. It knows everything. If we impress upon it, it will go out there and give us anything we need. Now, it has no free will. The conscious mind has free will. It can accept or it can reject. The unconscious mind has no free will. Whatever you give it, it will go out and it will produce. Be it good, bad, or indifferent. And the Bible says, Behold, I lay upon you a blessing and a curse. If you don't use your mind correctly, guess what? It's almost like a curse. If you use your mind correctly, it is a blessing. Are we together here? Mm -hmm. So, when we have this knowledge, when we understand this, then we can use this knowledge to create the good that we desire. Are we following? Yeah. So, like I said, the conscious mind, this is the part that thinks and reasons. This free will, you can accept or reject an idea. Okay. Also, no person or circumstances, like we said, can cause you to think thoughts you do not want. Because that's the domain of the conscious mind. You can accept or you can reject. All pain, pleasure, all limitations is originated in the conscious mind. Now, I'm going to take a break here and explain that. When we think about humanity's suffering, there are only two ways that a human being can suffer. Either we suffer mentally or we suffer pain. So, for example, if I cut myself, I would suffer pain or, or I would experience pain, but I should not suffer. Do you get what I mean? Suffering, when I talk about suffering, I'm talking about the domain of the mind. I can start thinking that, oh, tomorrow I might not have the money. I might get coronavirus tomorrow. I might get cancer tomorrow. I'm going to suffer because of 
my mental activity, what is going on in my mind. Or I could suffer over things that happened in the past. Or I lost money, I can never make money, I trade a company, it never works. What am I doing? I'm suffering over things that happened in the past. Or I can suffer because of my projection into the future. That is suffering. Pain, when I talk about pain, if I cut myself, I would feel pain. But I, I, I know I'm feeling pain because the body is not, is not right. Yeah. I don't have to suffer about that. I see it. I appreciate it. I, I, I acknowledge it. I might not appreciate it, but I, I acknowledge it. And it is what it is. But what is happening in the realm of the mind is out of my own creation. This is what we are saying, that the conscious mind is the domain of pleasure and all limitations and all suffering. Are we together here? Is that clear? Is it clear, Beth? I mean, uh, Charity? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's very important that we have the distinction between pain and suffering. Because you can be unwell and still be happy. Is that true? Yes. You can be sick and you still be joyful. Or you can be sick and you be the most miserable person, making misery for everybody who is around you. Because that's the domain of the mind. Okay? <laughs> so, when we look at the subconscious mind, ideas within your subconscious mind through repetition or impact form, conditioning, or paradigms. Now, this is important for us to understand. You have seen people who sabotage themselves over and over and over again. The reason why they do that is that as they've been growing up, there are things that have been imprinted in their subconscious mind that cause them to do the things that they're doing. They don't like doing them, but they find themselves doing it. Are we together here? It's because they're ideas. And those ideas are limiting beliefs. It could be limiting beliefs about money. It could be limiting beliefs about themselves. They don't feel good about themselves. They don't have the confidence about themselves. Why? Because maybe something happened when they were young or things they experienced in life that caused them to make those decisions. Mm. So, and that gets embedded in the subconscious mind because it's going to produce that. So if we want to change, if there's behaviors that we have and we find that they're difficulty, or they keep repeating themselves, no, they're, di they're difficult. It means they're ingrained in our subconscious mind. And the key thing is to bring in new ideas, new belief system, and then affirm that over and over and over again until it gets embedded in the subconscious mind. Now, the subconscious mind operates in a very ordinary manner. Like I said, well, my heart is beating. I don't have to tell it what to do. Okay, it really knows. The body is an instrument of the mind. We need to understand that. There's a key distinction between the body and who we really are. Because who we are, like I said, is we are spiritual beings having a physical experience. We are not physical beings having a spiritual experience. It's the other way around. We are spiritual beings having a physical experience. And this is why I say the body is not who we are. Because the body is the accumulation of the food that we've eaten over and over again. But there's an intelligence that is converting that food into a body. Now, we tap into that intelligence when we imagine what we want. We get emotionally involved with that. And then all of a sudden you wake up in the morning and you have a new idea. Are we together? That idea is a manifestation from the subconscious mind. This is why it's very important for us to be in tune with ourselves. You know what we call intuition? You feel, you feel, oh, maybe I should not go there, I should not go there. And then you go there and then things happen that you wish you never experienced. Mm -hmm. It's because you didn't listen to 
your intuition and your subconscious mind. Now, William James, who is a great, you're, you're doing philosophy, isn't it? Uh, psych, uh, no, psychological science. Say? Psychological, oh, okay, psychological science. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether you study William James, but he was a great philosopher and, uh, and, uh, in the early 1900s. And William James said, the greatest discovery of my generation is that human beings can alter their lives by altering their attitudes of mind. This is why you see people from very humble beginnings and they become successful. People from very successful families, so to speak, and they end up not being successful. Why? Because of what is going on in their own mind. Again, this is really emphasizing the importance of us to really harness our personal development. Napoleon Hill, who wrote Think and Grow Hitch, says, An educated person is not necessarily one who has an abundance of knowledge, of general or specialized knowledge. An educated person is one who has so developed the faculties of their mind that they may acquire anything they want or its equivalent without violating the rights of others. So as we begin thinking about SES, we want to think of whatever we want to acquire. We are going to develop our faculties of our mind such that we are not going to violate the rights of others. But we are going to enhance the lives of those that we touch, the lives of those that we accompany with, or those who interact with us. Now for this to happen, these are the faculties that we'll have to employ, which is imagination, memory, intuition, reason, perception, and will. We have to have the willpower to make sure that this is successful. We have to have the right perception, seeing the organization in the right manner. What I mean by that, a successful organization, an organization that is making a difference, an organization that has the right kind of employees in future, whatever that future might be, might be a month, might be two months, whatever that future might be. An organization that when... People see it, they can see that it is actually making a total difference. And how do we do that? By first and foremost using our faculty of imagination to create the image of what we want and see it as if it's already happened. Okay? Now, for that to happen, obviously, we are going to use the knowledge to create what we want, and this is the foundation of what we discussed. And we'll do a goal-setting workshop at some stage, whereby maybe, and you probably have done some of this, where we look at what are our goals. And the way we look at it is that uh, we look at ourselves maybe and see 10 years, where we're going to be. Then we bring that to five years. Then we bring that to three years. Then we bring that to one year. Then we have goals for the one year. Then we say, if this is our goal for one year, what do we need to do in six months? What do we need to do in three months? What are we doing in month one? Mm -hmm. Then we say, month one, if this is what we need to do, what are we going to do week one, week two, week three? Just like what you're saying. You have a big goal, but you chunk it down to a very small goal. And then on a day-to-day basis, we are doing certain activities, and we are measuring those activities to make sure that we are on the right path. Because how are we going to measure we have to have a goal. We have to have what we call key performance indicators. If I'm supposed to call X number of people, did I call them? And then report on a weekly basis. That's the way we are going to know whether we are progressing. And that's why it's important for us to have a goal-setting workshop. Whether those goals have already been set or whether we discuss about those goals, it is very important. And then we have key performance indicators to allow us to do that. Now, for those goals to be accomplished, we need to make sure that we are employing the faculty of our mind to create exactly what we want. And that's where the work is. Mm -hmm. 
is that before I go to bed, I, I relax very, in a very relaxed state and I already see what it is that I want to see. And then you thank God for those things. Thank God for that company. Thank God for those employees. Thank God for the financial abundance that is coming through. All those things. That's where the work is. And when we have employees, we, obviously when you have employees, you cannot go into, into the details I'm talking about here. Because you don't want to be uh, discriminative when it comes to religion and people's faith. You, you talk about these things, but you don't go quoting the Bible. Even when we talk uh, in seminars, we don't talk that. It's not that um, for anything else, but you just want to be mindful of other people that you don't be seen to be discriminatory. Yeah. But here, because we are intimate and we know what we are talking about, it is important because at the end of the day, we are the engine behind what we are creating. And it is very important that we have those as the key founding basis of where we are going. Because that's what's going to really ensure that we are successful. Now, <clears throat> uh, sorry, I think I'm going the wrong way. It should be the other way. Uh, did I have these toys? I think I have that slide toys. <laughs> now, there's one exercise that uh, uh, I wanted to, to conclude with. Um, and this is in preparation for us to think about the client that we're going to have. Now, as an organization, there's what I call the sweet spot. The sweet spot is, has a combination of three things. Number one is our client, the top client. Okay? Now, the top client could be uh, the one maybe who gives us more, more revenue, and we'll discuss that about, about that in a, in a minute. So is the, the top client, our ideal client, and then also the unique offering. What is the unique offering? The differentiation of you from all others in the industry. Now, we might not have articulated that, but we need to be thinking about that so that when we go to the market, we know what we are. What, what's our key distinct difference? What that means, it's not just about the product and service. There's so many people who are providing the same things. Okay, It's about our approach to deliver the product and services. It's specific talents and abilities and experience that we bring. Okay, How we are going to do the business ourselves, it needs to be unique. Now, in order for us to look at that, the area of innovation. Now, the area of innovation could be in three areas. It could be the price, it could be the quality, or convenience. Now, the truth is, as an organization, we cannot be able to give all those three. So, for example, if we really think about it, let's think about, say, for example, Kmart. What would you say, Kmart, of those three, quality, price, and convenience, uh, what's their dominant, dominating force? Price. Yeah. yeah. So... If you want anything cheap, where do you go to? Kmart. Okay? That's their area of innovation. Okay? How about McDonald's? <laughs> it's not quality, convenience. I would say for McDonald's, convenience and price. But mostly price. You know what? McDonald's is convenience. If you think about the price that they, of what they sell... You could go to the supermarket and you could get the same things at a cheaper price. Their products are actually not cheap. They look cheap, but they are not cheap. But it's convenience, exactly what you said the first time. It's convenience. It's very convenient and very easy, but they make you think that it is cheap. But really, their driving area of innovation is convenience. Okay? So we've got to ask ourselves as an organization, is it quality? Is it price? 
is it convenience? What is it that we're really going to be good at? And I might not have the answer, but these are things that we'll need to think about. Okay? We might not have the answer right now. I think the, the... Because price is really um, standardized by NDIS, we can't do too much about it. Uh, quality uh, of service or quality of what we do is it's very important and that can differentiate. Um, it would also be really interesting though to look at convenience. Like, like for example, I think that's something CAR has done in terms of their technology. Like yeah. They've made it's so easy to live in a house, you just tap your hands and let's go on. There's so many um, Google Google Homes in a home. Like I think convenience is also a really interesting one to look at mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. I, I think I agree with, with the with charity. We could look at all the three aspects and then hone on, on one. One thing that I think quality would uh, probably uh, bring and i don't know much about the industry but one thing i think about quality is because of all the issues within the industry because my perception or my ink my 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 gut feel it's not a fact but it's my gut feel is that there's a lot of uh, uh, substandard work within the industry uh, so as an organization we need to think of what is lacking and what can we give that will give us an edge? Mm-hmm. So it could be quality. The other thing that I think would be very key is like what we have done here. The mindset, the coaching. Mm-hmm. The reason why I say that that could give us a key distinct difference is from my own experience. So for example, if I look at, uh, I'll give maybe the most successful client that I have handled is Star Discount Chemist. Okay, Star Discount Chemist, I knew these guys when they had about three, four pharmacies. The key distinct difference why they've grown to about 60, 70 shops is because we coach all their managers and their business partners. And even the leaders themselves in the board, they are on the same path. Are we, you see what we, we talked about here? I can almost say maybe almost 90% that most of the people in this industry are not doing that. Because it's not just this industry. It is most people do not do the, the, the kind of thing that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So that's another aspect that we need to consider. Because if, if we're able to do that and have those employees, we're going to have employees that are not going to go anywhere else. Because we are making sure that we are empowering them, we are remunerating them well. And by the way, remuneration might be down the track. What, what I mean by being paid, because people really, where people are allowed to advance, they're allowed to become better, they're allowed to grow, they will stick there. They will stick there, mm-hmm. yeah. I was going to say, that self-development, people are so attracted to They're very attracted to developing themselves as, as human beings. Yeah. Uh, and if we do that, borrowing from what Star Farmers has done, is that if they find, especially senior people, they, they, maybe the, the, the people who are not very senior, they, they, for them, they don't uh, lay in a lot of emphasis. But anybody who is a pharmacist, anybody who is a retail manager, they make sure that those people are ingrained in their personal development programs. But then what happens is that, guess what? They're going to impact the people who are below. Okay, so those are some of the aspects that we could look at and brainstorm. I think it would be a session where we brainstorm all of us, where we are there physically, to come up with the ideal client, um, our unique offering, 
uh, the area of innovation um, and uh, what is our thing what will we be known for okay do we have uh, do we have commitment to uh, to excellence and parallel in our industry so these are very important questions the other thing that is going to be important for us to consider is uh, among our core values and our mission there are things that we will be a no no as an organization um, and those are things that we will need to discuss for example uh, it might be uh, a no no when somebody does that something that is very contrary to our morals and our values whether it's from a business perspective or not because you have to draw a line these are things we do these are things that we do not do so once we we, we do that we we brainstorm that uh, in fact i should have given given out this because essentially what we want to do with the sweet spot is uh, is to make sure that uh, we we come up with a criteria for our top clients so who is our top client um the one that we are really going to focus and put energy into and that's something that we need to evaluate yeah okay because we need to evaluate you know maybe um, ask questions to what 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 would do they call them the support coordinators yeah. uh, ask support the support coordinators what are the challenges that they they see facing what are the things they would like to see uh, people who are providers doing uh, yeah. interview some clients like Ian said the other day about a holiday a client who wishes that he could go for a holiday mm-hmm. yet there is that opportunity to take people for holiday mm-hmm. so we really need to uh, have a session where we mastermind and brainstorm what's our top client what's our unique offering and systemization systemization might be a bit early for us but it's something that we need to think about why systemization because if we grow a business you want to make sure that that business is scalable what does that mean it means that it can grow Okay it's not dependent solely on us it means that we can automate it and systemize it as we go along that is what will make a company big because if you can't systemize it then it's not possible to grow big which means if it doesn't grow it means we are selling our time in exchange for money mm-hmm. okay it's something that needs to be in the background not very essential when we are starting, starting yeah. okay yeah because what will happen is that where you see you've got the circle there of top clients we've got unique offering and we've got uh systemization mm-hmm. and in the middle there is our sweet spot sweet spot meaning you have a thriving business it is making the amount of money that we want we are renowned in the industry and we are leaders in the industry mm-hmm. is that going to happen overnight no but do we need to start planning for it now absolutely Okay it could take us maybe 5 6 years or, six, or I don't know how long but we need to complete um, to com- commence working on it on a regular basis mm-hmm. uh for us to get there now there is more uh, input in this uh however I thought it's important for us to start our mind thinking what is our biggest strength what are immutable laws immutable laws is the things that uh, we are not going to compromise on okay uh, what's our area of innovation is it price is it quality is it uh, convenience uh, what is our top client 
okay, some of these do not relate to us, but their industry, their demographics, their psychographics. We need to be very, you remember even uh, uh, Lee saying, you have to really know your customer. Yeah. And that is why it is so important. Because when you define your customer, then you know what message to send out. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. and you know how to relate to them. Mm-hmm. Our customer should be somebody who we can really relate. It's like we're having a very wonderful relationship yeah. between us and our customer. Uh, how can how can how can your company's product or services be delivered without your direct involvement, without any of your involvement? Okay, again, this is down the track. But we, as we are going along, we need to be thinking: How can we systemize this in future? How can we systemize this in future? And how can your company sales grow without your direct involvement? Mm-hmm. Because that's when now the company really starts to grow without any of your involvement. Okay. So in essence, these are things that uh, uh, for us to start thinking about, uh, for us to have in the back of our mind, and then we can set a time where we actually mastermind and brainstorm when we are all together. Yeah. Okay. And uh, really that's what uh, uh, my presentation was all about. Um, my apologies. I think it's gone more than I thought. <laughs> it's 2.30 almost. Yeah, okay. um, well, this is and if there are any questions, let uh, uh, let us address them yes. now before we move into the next session. It's just about uh, psychographics. Yeah. So what is uh, psychographics? Is that uh, just knowing your, your clients? Or it's really knowing your, it's, it's your knowing your, your clients. How can I describe psychographics? Um, how can I do it? It's really knowing uh, your customers' uh, psychology, the way what what do they like, what don't they like, how can you make it better. That's the way I would put it, for lack of a better word. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, it's really getting to intimately know your customer. Okay. What are their requirements? What do they really need psychologically? What what are things that appeal to them? Yeah. Um, now, some of our clients might not be able to. To reason that way but some of them would like some of the sites that uh, we were given by lease we should be able to pick some of those things mm-hmm. and then decide okay this is really what we're going to give a shot as our customer and this is what we want to be known for mm. yeah yeah wow this is it's amazing mm-hmm. mm. Charity, what do you think about that presentation i mean <laughs> I, my whole my page of notes says it all really. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was incredible. Um, firstly, not even just for ACS, but for life. Um, but specifically the creation process. I think if we nail that down and we do all of these things, um, that's the standout. Because that's exactly what Liz was saying. Liz, when we talked to Liz, she said, you have to, you know, have the values and whatever aligned. But I think going a step after that is that, like, to have harmony in all these things that we're doing. What else? Like, I thought it was awesome. Everything from the mind, I mean, and getting this sweet spot. Yeah. Like, I think we will come to that sweet spot Um, but when we should do the come together and discuss all that I think it would would be good to come up with to come to that meeting with our own ideas of you know the psychographics or um, yeah 
Anyway, I thought it was great. Yeah. I think uh, thank you. I think input, and the, the key thing, one of the keys to success is what we call a mastermind. And essentially, what we have here is a mastermind. What is a mastermind? A mastermind is two or three, two or more people that are gathered together with a specific objective in mind and have common values. Mm -hmm. Okay? So, because when we have a mastermind, now we are, we are three of us, then there is another being, which is God. You know, there is the old saying that uh, where two or three are gathered, I'm there. The mastermind is so essential even going forward because ideas will come that I would not have thought about. You might, he comes up with an idea and we all brainstorm that. And if it's a good idea, then we adopt it. Now, it's not all the time that we have a masterminding session, but it will be very important for us when we move forward, moving forward to make sure that the core of who is the mastermind, who is us, is that uh, we are all on the same page. Now, if you look at what I have discussed today, you can link our values to what I'm talking about. So if our values is uh, empathy or whatever it is, you can link it when we are talking to employees. This is why it's important. Mm -hmm. And we keep hammering those things over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. If we are not disciplined, how are we going to be able to carry on with our values and our vision and our mission? So uh, it's something that we consistently keep following through, through and through and through and through. Mm -hmm. um, and like I said, it's really laying a foundation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's fantastic. Okay. Mm. Very so good. We can end that section. Yeah. If you, if you want to end it there. Um, yeah. Good.